Welcome to Dice Camera Action in Audio Form. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk. Chris Perkins is the dungeon master for the amazing group of adventurers known as the Waffle Crew. They've been broadcasting on twitch.tv slash dnd at 4 p.m. Pacific time every Tuesday for a while, but we wanted to give fans who prefer to listen in audio form a way to follow their adventures. We're going back to the start of the Waffle Crew's adventures in Barovia and the greater Sword Coast area and publishing them all on this new podcast feed. Going forward, we'll be releasing weekly episodes pulled from the live stream here on the Dice Camera Action RSS. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com for full episode recaps and information about all the NPCs, guest appearances, and adopted pets of the party. For this episode, we'll pick up right when Chris Perkins says hello to the crew. Enjoy this suboptimal party. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dice Camera Action, a D&D game that's just to die for. <laughs> a D&D game, dot, dot, dot. It sure is, Chris. It sure is a game. It sure yep. is a game. Yep, it's we're, a game, all right. We're all going to cry. Sometimes we roll dice, and sometimes those dice betray us. And, and sometimes we betray always. ourselves. And sometimes yeah, we betray ourselves. Yeah, it's mostly ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not blaming the controller yeah. this time. I'm Chris Perkins, <laughs> your Dungeon Master, and I'm going to recap very quickly what has happened thus far. The Waffle Crew left Port Nyanzaru aboard a sloop called the Brazen Pegasus, a very swift ship which um, headed into the Bay of Chult. The Waffle Crew used a explosive device to blow up a dragon turtle and also send a shock wave and a real wave uh, washing over Port Nyanzaru in their wake. Uh, as they headed out into open sea, they were beset by a storm. Um, they encountered two storm giants perched on rocks that were casting spells and mistook these storm giants as a hostile threat, and Strix and Paulton counterspelled their magic, uh, thus thwarting the giant's attempt to quell the storm. And what, in, what ensued was a series of... <laughs> mishaps, shall we say, uh, that ended with several characters in the water being rescued by the giants or by their merfolk allies. Evelyn got a nice merfolk kiss out of it, so it wasn't all bad. And uh, long story short, everybody made it back on board the ship, which was only very, very superficially damaged. However, the ship lost its captain, and the first mate, an older man named Grig Rudell, took command. And so, uh, six days of the 30 days voyage have passed. It is now day seven. And on day seven, Strix, you feel something sort of ruffle in your hat. (laughs) Strix will just, like, like throw the hat off really fast, like it's on fire, like, it's on fire! (laughs) (laughs) But it's not on fire. She just yells that. By this time, the crew have basically ignored your, started to ignore your (laughs) tantrums. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, she'll throw it, but then she'll like p- like pick it up and just like stick her hand in and find that there is a the letter, yes, well pressed Acquisitions Incorporated font letter uh, addressed to Evelyn, and so she'll just pick it up and like first she'll look around to see if Dieth is there so he doesn't see it. <laughs> Where is Dieth on day seven? Um, it's it's a cloudy, windy day. That's a great question. I would say if he's not inside whatever cabin is there, just moping. 
Uh, <laughs> if he's not there, he's Too real. up near the, um, probably where the captain is, kind of observing, uh, potentially trying to learn anything he's seeing there or uh, just off in the distance. He's not, he's not paying attention. Okay. Safe to say he's not paying attention. I think you may find Evelyn, like, laying on a deck which is not too weird because, you know, she loves to soak up the sunshine. I imagine there's probably some sunshine out at sea. But you, it's like a rare sight to see Evelyn. She's kind of just like flat on her back. And she's like tossing a javelin up into the air and catching it right in front of her face a bunch of times. Just like toss, catch, <laughs> toss, catch. And you, you, she looks deep in thought. Jerry, uh, you need to roll for that. <laughs> <laughs> During a DS like pouting spells mm-hmm. where he's just out of it, I'd like to think Paulden is sitting across from him, just like throwing pebbles at his face. Nice. Okay. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. Great. Yeah, that's, that's just out of curiosity. I rolled and I definitely failed. So one of the javelins probably does hit her in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as you come up to her, Strix, you can see that she's administering some uh, lay on hands to her cheek. Her face. <laughs> right. I mean, Strix will just shuffle, just shuffle up. And I imagine, too, just being at sea, like she doesn't have all of her stuff on. She's only just wearing like her under, like just like her under robe dress thing. So mm-hmm. she'll just shuffle up and like hand it to her. It's very, very like suspiciously. Like she'll just be like, it's from Omen. <gasps> He wrote back? He had, she like, shuffles a little bit after saying omen. And she tried to whisper it. <laughs> but uh, but he's like, actually, this kind of gets back to his previous position. Just that, that brief moment of them being like. <gasps> <laughs> she Evelyn looks, like, very intrigued, puts down the javelin, sits up, like, kind of, like, huddles up with Strix to read it, I assume. Mm-hmm. Is Strix interested in seeing it, too? Uh, yeah, she's definitely interested in seeing it. She's just like, maybe he'll pay us. he's my pen pal it's not about money (laughs) no I meant in pies so do you you open it sort of delicately or do you just kind of tear it open she opens it very delicately because it's like on fancy stationery and everything it's got like a little wax seal that you have to kind of peel off without breaking and she like exclaims over every oh look how look how pretty oh it's folded so nice oh my goodness and she opens it up Shall I read it? Yeah. It says, uh, she reads aloud, Dear Evelyn, please forgive the rough hand and lesser leaf of this missive. I'm far from home and I have had many letters to write such that my stationery kit has found itself quite depleted. Oh. Very <laughs> <laughs> kit. I don't know what that is. <laughs> kit. I don't either, but it sounds fancy. I received your note as regards the incident at Port Nianzaru with some trepidation, and my heart was set at ease to learn that you and your companions, of course, had escaped Hull. As to your request that the aftermath be looked into or perhaps resolved, I would consider it my great pleasure to apply one of my finest teams to this task, Team Nyad. Have you heard of Team Nyad before? Is that how you say it? No. I've well, never. okay. I only team know the sea team. I, I don't think that's What's that. that? I'm, those that are fancy too. Oh yeah, we 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 had Christmas with them. I know them. <laughs> I forgot. Um. Anyway, uh, Team Nyad aboard the Merry Widow will. Uh, she goes to the next page. 
Set sail immediately. Though it may be some time before they reach that distant shore, you will receive word of what they discover on our behalf in the hollow of Strix's hat soon enough. Oh, he goes on. (laughs) (laughs) Do you find yourself in Waterdeep often? I would love to invite you to our headquarters there. (gasps) Tamora in her grace has allowed me to be her conduit between this world and the next and to assist her in the raising of the dead but you are the first person I have been honored to return. I find myself very curious about you and the place beyond and would love to discuss what you may have seen there. Your colleagues are welcome as well, of course, though perhaps DS may find... Don't say it too loud. <laughs> I mean, perhaps DS may find hidden rancor in this missive. I do not intend... See, he's very nice. DS just doesn't understand him. Answer at your convenience, of course. It may be that we were fated only to meet the once, which would be a pity. Yours in her service. Why is he so nice to you? Well, why wouldn't he be? Maybe you guys just don't understand him. So DF and Paulton, you see Evelyn do a little twirl with the (laughs) with the letter pressed up against her breast. (laughs) He like Paulton just like kind of stops throwing the pills for a second and looks (laughs) just like and then keeps throwing without looking. I'd imagine at the same time, Diaz also kind of looks over at the same time and then just. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, While this is going on, uh, Paulton and Diaz, you can see that morale on the ship is still pretty low after the loss of Captain Ortome and Captain Riddell disappears from deck frequently. And over the course of the day, you see he has become increasingly drunk. You haven't seen him drinking on deck, but every time he disappears, he comes back more red-faced and more tipsy. Oh. Is that a look over at Paulton? That's fine, right? This is fine? That's how sailors work? Paulton's like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) (laughs) The bottom of what, specifically? (laughs) Yes. Uh, a DS actual respond like, yeah, okay, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, what was his name again? Captain Riddell. Captain Riddell. I'm going to approach Riddell and be like, sir, may I have a, may I have a word? Uh, yeah, he turns to you and you can see that he sort of has to <clears throat> choke down like, some vomit. It's like, can't, uh. Can't help but notice that our uh, our captain has been disappearing and returning significantly more inebriated. Are you holding up okay? I'm fine. Mm. I think I'm going to need to confiscate whatever it is you're partaking <laughs> in. It doesn't seem safe in this situation, and I think it's for the best. You're here in my Guestness. <laughs> this is my ship now. I give the orders. You can uh, make an insight check. No, it fell, it fell. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Not looking. Unless it's high, then it counts. Okay. Not in luck. Let's see. Uh, that is a twelve. Okay. Um, uh, you can see that. Uh, He's, his bluster is obviously the, the, the drink talking. This is, not, this is out of character for him. That's as much as you know. 
He's usually pretty soft-spoken and easygoing. Okay. Can I... And uh, he says... And then he changes his mind. He says, okay, come with me. All right? Very good, sir. We're going... And he kind of looks up and around. Looks up and around out to the sea. We're going down. We're going (laughs) down. I'm just like... And he starts stumbling toward the stairs. Makes his way down the stairs into the dark, hollow depths of the ship. And... He takes you uh, into a small cabin that he's been sleeping in. You can see a hammock, and he pulls a wall panel off, and you can see he's got a secret stash, a small closet space full of all kinds of things, not just um, bottles of wine and casks of ale, but other things he's sort of personally accumulated in his many voyages. And he hands you a uh, half-empty wine bottle. Here. It's the best. Jackpot. Takes his, like, this will be kept safely and distributed to you when seen fit. We don't want you going too far. We're relying on you. Keep this between uh, you and yourself. Done. (laughs) And uh, he says, sometimes I, I lock up and sometimes I don't. But when I do, here's the key. Yes, sir. I will not let you down. It's between you and myself. I mean yourself. My, yes, us, ourselves, and you. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and then you can see he just sort of uh, falls into his hammock and falls asleep. After he does that, I'm, I, I'm done holding it together. I just look at the secret door. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just, like, tuck the key away and lock it up and venture off. Okay. So during I think all Evelyn of that... Is, oh, yeah, go, no, go ahead, Jared. I think Evelyn is just, like, nagging at Strix, like, has one corner of her robe and is like, he wants to know what I saw, but I don't remember anything. Should I tell him that I don't remember anything? Is it a lack I don't tell him that I... Do you think he wants to hear from me even if I don't remember? Is it just a religion thing? I think it's just a religion thing. He's not really interested in... Do you think he wants... Does he actually want us to come? Is he just being polite? Meanwhile. Meanwhile. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So after Paulton falls him down and Mm -hmm. does all of that at the same time, Diaz will approach one of the crew members... And uh, say to him, "Is is this is this normal? Is this a usual thing here?" <clears throat> you talk to one of the senior crew members, a man named yeah. Eliam Jaroskar, and he tells you that this is not normal at all. I mean, Captain Riddell does drink, but he's always been pretty pretty responsible about it. But obviously, he's not taking Ordemay's death well. They were really good friends, but also he tells you, Eliam tells you that uh, Riddell is terrified. Of Lady Rajnar. Of Lady what? He says, Lady Esvale Rajnar. She's the owner of the ship. And she and Captain Ortome were longtime friends and cohorts. Oh, I thought the captain was the owner of the ship. No. Lady Lady Rajnar is a noblewoman who lives in Waterdeep. Oh, we have to tell her. Rudell doesn't know how to tell her says Eliam. Right. And do you think he fears her wrath or just hurting her? Or? The, 
the Rajnars, um, they are a intimidating family. Captain Ordeme oh. was never intimidated um, because of her friendship with Esvale, but Riddell never enjoyed that confidence. Right. So, I guess this whole ship is more of a uh, a investment for her. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, and then Diaz will kind of return to his not post, but okay. where he's been. You see one of the other crewmen overheard your conversation and sort of scolds Eliam privately for sharing matters of the ship with the passengers. Um, and they get, in, they get into a bit of a, a, a verbal sparring match, a symptom of the bad morale. Uh, if the morale was really bad, could I maybe try and, like, find some hard tack and, like, maybe make some, like, something with it? Like a pie? <laughs> Hardtack pie, yum. I don't know. Can I just like make a <laughs> snack for everyone? Um, yeah, you can you can sort of dig around through the stores. Okay. And see what you find. When you do, you see as you sort of uncrate some of the crates that somebody forgot or neglected to pump all the seawater that spilled over the ship and it's been sitting these crates have been sitting in the seawater now uh, for days, and a lot of the food supplies have gone rotten, and there's mold running rampant through everything. That upsets Strix very much. <laughs> and you're not even sure the crew has detected that this is a problem yet, which means <gasps> it's likely they won't have enough food. <laughs> Thank you, Barristan, I agree. <laughs> uh, great. Day um, 10. <laughs> a sou'wester a storm from the southwest bears down on the brazen Pegasus as it swoops around the peninsula of Velen, continuing its northern journey. Uh, you are ahead of it at this point. It is behind you, and you can see the crew is doing its utmost to try to stay ahead of it. Does it seem like we're succeeding at that, or...? Yes. For now, it seems like it's not gaining uh, much on you at all. Um... I want Strix is going to be on the side of the ship with her staff turned into a fishing pole trying to catch fish. Oh, great. Um, ju- in that case, just make... Oh, shit, I made no. Um, magic fishing pole. Magic fishing... Is it magic fishing pole? <laughs> Look, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, th- this is, is this your staff turned into a fishing pole? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, in that case, you are actually able to catch... A bunch of fish. You catch nine. Yes. You catch nine, nine fish. fish. Holy crap. Yeah. That's awesome. And they're just sort of flopping around on the deck. Great. Um, I will somehow make a safe fire and cook them for everyone. Okay. When you pick up one of the fish, <laughs> it says to you, <laughs> I am an agent. Of Alminster in the Forgotten Realms. Continue to watch the streams for more clues. And remember, leave no stone unturned. Use that hashtag. Hashtag no stone unturned. And then and then uh, a a glyph 
materializes above the fish, and then the fish goes silent. As, as soon as it goes silent, can Paulton just, like, grab the fish and just, like, bite its head off? <laughs> Please. Like, yes, yes, you do. Paulton is, Paulton is just gone, 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 by the way. Okay. Three sheets, three sheets to the wind, mm-hmm. as the sailors like, say. I'm assuming this fish wasn't really talking. That's just me. Just throws yeah. the half of the body back. You notice over the rest of you notice over the course of the the three days of the past two that Paulton and Captain Riddell have kind of fallen into this rhythm of uh, supporting each other's bad habit, um, sharing sharing this uh, hidden trove of ale and wine, as they are. This is like very noticeable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There are times when the captain's fine and he's lucid enough to give orders and stuff like that, but then he sort of, usually in the mornings and the evenings, he sinks into this despair, and then Paulton's usually there riding on his shoulder or arm, and they're drinking together. As such, Evelyn does not seem to like the captain very much. Mm. Mm. She kind of scowls at him. Yeah, so uh, you use your magic to cook up some fire there, Strix, since there's not really a stove on board. Yeah, yeah. And you start to skillet (laughs) the fish with your, turning your fishing pole into a frying pan. Right, exactly. And so I'll I'll cook the fish and then um, bring one to, bring a whole fish to Paulton and Evelyn and Diaz. And without, but mostly without words, just because they're so upset and Strix just doesn't know what to say. So she's just going to give them food because she doesn't know how to fix anything. (laughs) Paulton takes the fish. He's just like, oh, you have this fire under control. That's good. Good steps. (laughs) Paulton! Strix just starts crying. It's it's progress. I'm happy for her. No, she runs away crying. She's so hurt. Evelyn is hugging her. Evelyn's like trying to comfort her. She turns into a cloud. (laughs) And she goes below deck. What was that? What? It was a compliment. I don't see the problem. You hear soft? You see soft cloud tears floating above. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with Evelyn with Evil on this one, Paulton. That was pretty fucked up. Like, she runs the, after Evelyn runs after Strix to try to calm her down and leaves Dieth and Paulton together. Okay. He uh, responds to Dieth. He's like, the cool thing about that though is I didn't ask, so. You have yourself a lovely day, and he just <laughs> passes out. <laughs> You're such an asshole sometimes. <laughs> just like, not arguing. Diath, you are now alone with, with the crew on the deck of the ship. The wind's billow- <laughs> billowing the sail. What? Where's the captain at this point? Uh, you can see that he is asleep behind the wheel. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, uh, he's, sort of, he's sort of hanging on it and kind of exactly how he should be to keep the ship steady. Uh, Diaz, does, does, it, does it seem like any of the rest of the crew even sees this right now? They're perfectly aware. Okay. But he's the and, captain, so they can't tell him anything. And Diaz will just say something, uh, we'll just kind of like, I loudly addressed the entire crew to saying, you guys can all see as a problem, right? And none of you are doing anything. They all kind of turn away and go back to, to tightening you? their ropes. And 
wow, all right, uh, Diaz will go over there. And then if, if he's if, if the captain's like passed out drunk. Diaz he is currently like, passed out, his weight just sagging on the wheel. All right, Diaz will just kind of take him and just kind of lift up and... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then uh, Diaz will uh, uh, just kind of like hesitantly put his hands on the wheels, be like, all right, you did this before. Uh, and just be like, all right, I'm not great at this, but it's better than nothing. I could just... Skylar says, I I- just just take us... <laughs> just avoid that train. No. Um, yeah, so uh, he says, just just take us north by northwest. We'll be fine. Uh, all right, I'll do that. Just, I need your help. Well, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> and then Diaz will just kind of like awkwardly try to take the wheel and just like hold it steady as much as possible. Like as soon as someone says, oh, that's right, that's the direction, then he's just like... <laughs> And it was very, like, uh, uh, just kind of anxious of kind of uh, screwing up or just making sure, like, he's holding it tight and keeping the ship on course. Yeah, okay. Uh, When you go down below deck, Evelyn, look for Strix. Strix, where are you hiding in gaseous form? Like, under the stairs, Uh, in the closet? Yeah, I think under the stairs sounds about right. And she definitely just looks like she's crying, like, (laughs) under the stairs. Is she still in gaseous form? Uh, I'd say she would have materialized. Yeah. She she only does it for dramatic effect. <laughs> Evelyn sits down cross-legged in front of her and doesn't even touch her. Like, usually, you know, Evelyn's super touchy, but she's, like, she's really trying to comfort Strix. So she sits down and she's like, I'm really sorry. That was, that was really mean. You didn't deserve that. And she kind of, like, looks up at Evelyn with, like, tears in her eyes. And she's like, I did deserve it. This, it's my fault and everyone hates me. And she's just, like, crying lying on the ground. She, she's, she, like, tries to reach. She, Evelyn, by nature, keeps, like, reaching out to touch her and then being like, oh, no, that's not what she wants. So she's like, no, you, I, I don't hate you. You hear a clump, clump, clump coming down the stairs. And you see a, a shadow sort of cast upon you, and then a figure comes around the bottom of the stairs, and it is Simon. Oh. And uh, he just holds out your frying pan, Strix, like he's giving it back to you. Oh. Thanks, Simon. See, Simon doesn't hate you either. Simon, you're not mad at Strix, are you? No, see? You are should you Simon, dart you're... me? Usually you dart me after this. <laughs> oh, thanks. No. Day 12. Do you want a hug? Do you want a hug from Simon Strix? Do you want a little Simon no! hug? <laughs> she runs away. <laughs> Day 12. DF, make a charisma check. Just flat out charisma? Yeah. Okay. And I'll give you advantage. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> uh, 13? Okay. Um, on day 12, uh, two days have passed since you took the wheel. The crew is starting to defer to you. <laughs> Captain oh. Diaz! Ah, oh, heck. You've, uh, you've persuaded them that you're probably best equipped uh, to, to stay on the wheel. You seem to be a natural at it. And uh, they will... They seem much more upfront with you, and they talk to you, and they sort of 
guide you, uh, tell you things that you need to know about you know, the course that the ship is on, things like that. You've left uh, Velen behind you, and you're heading north by northwest up the Sword Coast. You will pass by, you'll pass by Baldur's Gate um, <laughs> as you continue your northward journey on this day. Hi, Mansk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess uh, during this, like, Dieth still doesn't... And they'll periodically yeah. relieve you. They'll also... Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Dieth does not have enough nautical training to be no. able to properly command people by any means. Yeah. Uh, or really make informed decisions by any yeah. kind. The, but but they, they, at this point, they see you like a member of the crew, and they treat you as such. And actually, their morale has improved slightly. Sweet. And uh, Strix has been catching fish too. Hopefully mm-hmm. that helps their morale. She'll, yeah, she'll until at least at least for now. After after this is day two of eating fish. If um, Dieth is uh, if is outside a lot holding the wheel, he'll like have his shirt off a lot, and then because he's doing so much work, he's probably getting real ripped too. Oh, it's there we go. Sweet. Yeah. Um, while while Dieth's like <laughs> like steering and yeah. stuff, like Fulton today just like kind of like stumbles out. And he sees the, the, all this morale. He's just like, hey, so, hey, let's, let's all let's all big round of applause for new Captain Diaz. We're all counting on him, right? And I'm like trying to get everyone to be like, yeah, look. that's mutiny, says Riddell, standing behind you. And then as soon as I hear that, I just like duck out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, time to go. Yeah. Uh, Rudell staggers around and uh, sort of says, "Where is this this cad who would call himself Captain?" Uh, we lost Anna for a second. She'll oh, be no. right back, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Just pretend she's saying Lathander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh. So he, uh, the, uh, the crew is like, nobody's. No, no, you're the captain. You're you're still captain. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, we're still captain. We're just trying to help out and make sure we get home. That seems to satisfy him. Great. No one has actually called me captain, right? No. Okay, cool. Yep. At one point, though, Strix will definitely make some kind of, like, captain-style hat out of things she can find <laughs> around the ship, maybe some sails or something. Yeah, sure. And, like, like present it to Diaz, like, all proud of herself, like... <laughs> It looks like one of those paper boats, DF, kind uh-huh, of like, yeah. a, but it's all sort of like uh-huh. an origami hat, basically. And in, in green writing, it says Captain. <laughs> uh, when she gives that to DF, he'll actually be just kind of like, oh, this is cute. And he'll actually like take it and kind of like wear it okay. proudly <laughs> a little bit. You realize that the wind easily sort of catches it. So maybe yeah, Strix has to well, come and attach a strap to it. Yeah. So you got a chin strap now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's got a ribbon. She finds a ribbon, so it's kind of like a bonnet. Okay. <laughs> that actually gives the crew a much-needed laugh. Yay. Um, not at your expense, DF, but at theirs mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it seems is, to like. Uh, is DF still like steering right now? Uh, on and off. Yeah. Okay. I like. I'm gonna approach him like while he's behind the wheel, if mm-hmm. if he currently is. Yes. Um, I just like kind of stumble over. I put a hand on his shoulder. I'm like, look. I know what I said to Strix was mean. And I know you and me, we don't get along that well. All right, carry on. <laughs> 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 
All right. Diaz is just dumbfounded and doesn't know what doesn't have a response for that because it wasn't anything. <laughs> uh, Strix is going to be scared of Paulton now. By the way, she every time okay. she sees Paulton, she's like, <laughs> and she like like walks away like she's going to do something wrong or she feels like she's just making his life harder. He's like walking by her and like starts to take notes and like like looks at Strix is just like ah. Oh, this is a fun new element. And Simon's just standing there shaking his head. Uh, You can see um, that a lot of the fish is is uh, being eaten by waffles. So uh, she doesn't. She never seems to get bored of the fish. Day seven. Then can we give her a live one just to like bat around? Oh, absolutely! And she can kick that around the deck and chase it around, and she throws it up in the air and toss it around. She she makes a whole big game out of it. Um, and again, it also lightens the mood. Day 17, Captain Riddell has basically <laughs> almost poisoned himself on the amount of alcohol he drinks and suddenly stops. Wow. Like he just can't take it anymore. He turned, mm. he turned green the night before and uh, looked like he might not make it through the night. When the morning of the 17th, on the 17th day comes, you can see he can't even look Paulton at at a wine gla- a wine bottle, let alone drink from it. A man after my own heart. I don't know how you can do it. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much pain can help that for a landlubber. Don't you don't you start loving me? I barely even know you. <laughs> but I do feel like we've become very close through this whole thing. I'm more clear-headed today than I was yesterday, and I'm not sure you're right. Well, we can change that, and he just, like, tries to hand him wine. Okay, he just turns away and and just spews over the edge of the ship. Uh, Captain Partyfowl over here, great. Strix is like, I'm fishing! (laughs) Gross. That night on DF, Captain Riddell comes over to you and thanks you for stepping up and helping the crew out in this difficult time. And he also uh, says he, he's very grateful that Strix also was able to counteract the problem with the, the, the uh, poisoned food stores. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, Strix... Uh, yeah, you're, you're welcome. Um, just trying to help out. I was wondering if you could help me in one other way. Uh... Uh, I'll try. I'm not very, not very good this whole thing, but I'm, I'm listening. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with the ship per se. Well, it does have everything to do with the ship, actually. The owner of the ship is a woman named Esvale Rosnar. She lives in Waterdeep, and oh, who? What? The who Captain Ortome was her friend, and I fear that news of Ortome's loss is going to be greeted uh, poorly. I would ask that you speak to Lady Rajnar on my behalf and relay my condolences in the hopes that perhaps she can see that this was beyond our abilities to prevent. I can face a storm, I can face a kraken, I can face a Sahuagin assault, but Waterdavian nobles, they are an entirely different monster. Yeah, tell me about it. On behalf of you and honor of your entire crew, 
this is, yeah, I can absolutely talk to her for you. This is oh, the very least that we could do. You see a great burden sort of lifted um, off him. And he, he just sort of grabs you by the shoulders and uh, smiles warmly through his salt, big bushy salt and pepper mustache and beard. You see crooked yellow teeth um, smiling for the first time you've ever met him. And then he goes off and uh, starts barking orders like everything's fine now. <laughs> All right. Anna's back can, on her can phone. Can you guys photo. hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well. Welcome back. My entire place just lost internet. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> So, here I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whee! All right. Uh, so, in while you were gone, um, uh, we're on day 17 now, Anna. The crew is sick of fish, but they don't let it on because they, they know Strix is kind of like a fragile vase, and they don't, <laughs> don't want to send her back down under the stairs for, like, the 13th time. Oh, um, yeah, she's but, been going down there all the time. There's probably, like, a tear stain. But every time they see her fishing off, uh, one, off the port side or the starboard side, um, you can just see it in their eyes that they, another, another fish dinner is just going to kill them. They'll eat it because, you know, they got nothing else right now. But, yeah. I think um, as far as, like, what Evelyn's been up to, she's... She's been way more distant than usual. She's doing a lot of that javelin tossing and thinking to herself. Um, but if she runs into Strix, she's like, it's been real nice that you're providing fish for everyone. I think they really like it. <laughs> Strix is like, no one likes what I do, but it's fine. At least it's keeping everyone alive. Mm-hmm. Why are you so mean to yourself? <laughs> I ruin everything! I don't think that's true. You died. Simon died. Everyone's died. Paulton is mad. Deeth is broken or bad or whatever. He seems fine since he's, you know, since he got the hat and the crew's talking to him. Got that promotion. (laughs) He's still broken. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, maybe the hat did help. I'll just make him more hats. I don't think that, I don't think that they're mad because of you, though. Well, Paulson definitely is. Yep. Well, why do you think he's mad? Because he doesn't understand what's going on. And I guess, honestly, I don't either. I don't understand anything. I don't understand why we do any of this. Why do we keep... do it? I don't know! She's just, like, looking around, like... Like, there should be something, like, that would make sense, like, right in front of her. She's like, I don't know. There should be something here, but it doesn't make any sense. I know what you mean. I feel like, I don't know, I have this weird feeling, like, I I know what I'm supposed to do and what's right, and yet there's, like, a whole other voice inside me that is saying something different, and I don't know where it came from. It's like when I came back to life, I was two people. Do you ever feel like that? Strix is so just like overwhelmed by what she's saying. She's like, ah! like, and she looks at Evelyn and she goes, I don't even know if I'm one person, let alone two people. And she just walks away. It does Evelyn occur to you over this long journey. Being left alone. 
Uh-huh. It does occur to you, all of you over this long journey that since the death curse lifted, you've it's dawned on you multiple times over this voyage that you know the smell of the fresh air and the the, the sort of health and hail hearty feelings you feel is kind of new. You'd suffered under the death curse for so long. Um, it was sort of tearing you away physically. Now you seem to be kind of back to your normal selves. DF, you've been you know on a steady fish diet and working out tremendously on this ship, so you feel pretty good. Uh, compared to the last several weeks, months. Yeah, physically. Physically, anyway, yeah. Day 20, you hear one of the crew members shout, Flotsam! I don't know what that means! Uh, You can see he's pointing off the starboard side of the ship where you can see what appears to be wreckage floating in the water ahead. And Diaz is just like, avoid that? Are we avoiding that? Avoid that, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You sort of uh, bank toward port, uh, coming alongside the wreckage, and uh, Rudell uh, looks through uh, Ortome's spyglass to see if there's anything of consequence. Yeah, um, actually, as we're kind of going on it, almost in an um, uncharacteristic moment for Diet this entire time, he actually kind of gives an order uh, and asks the crew to slow down and check the wreckage, trying to get... Uh, Trying to examine exactly what happened here, if they were like attacked or just shipwrecked or whatever, yeah. and potentially see if there's any uh, <laughs> remaining useful supplies. Is you there? Does it look, being captain? Does it? Uh, does it look like there's anywhere to like stand on the wreckage, or is it just like pieces? Uh, you kind of look out, and it's a uh, it's a little bit foggy, um, so it's hard to tell. But if you were to like say borrow Captain Riddell's spyglass, you could probably get a better sense. I would like to just be like, here, I got this, and if yeah. I may swipe it sure. and just take a look. Yeah, he doesn't protest. As you uh, look out, you can see that there is um, there are some floating crates, a floating barrel, and pieces of scattered timber uh, all around. Um, you could certainly appear atop a crate or a barrel. It would be unsteady. I'm going to try. I'm just going to be like, all right, let's see what's down there. I don't want a dimension door over onto it. <laughs> all right. Bam. <laughs> he disappears from the deck of the ship through a he magical drunk. doorway. Don't let him. Uh, uh, make, he goes, he's just like, hey, Captain. Make a goes. dexterity saving throw upon uh, arrival. All right. As he does that, uh, Dieth will call over Strix and Evelyn. Okay. Uh, 17. All right. Uh, you appear on top of a crate, and you bob there, and you manage to stay. It sinks a little bit under your weight, and there's some sloshing of water over your hands and feet and knees, but you are on uh, kneeling on this crate now, standing amid the wreckage. Make a perception check. Ooh, 19. Through the mist, uh, uh, you can see that the crates don't look like that they're necessarily... They, they look like that they've been sealed with pitch, so they're probably not flooded. Mm. And the barrels, likewise. And there's obviously, they're obviously light enough to float on the water. But you also see what appears to be half of a jolly boat, a, a rowboat like that you'd, you'd find on a ship that they use for getting to shore. Um, but it's only like the, ha- the front half of it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's floating, and there's something in it. And it appears, you can hear snoring... And you can see big boots sticking up at the broken-off end. Like, the weight of this creature is keeping the broken-off section up high enough that this half of a ship can basically float. 
Uh, how far is that half of the ship? Sort of drifting in the fog about 30 feet away from you. Okay, I want to... Kind of doing lazy circles uh, as the current sort of <gasps> comes up and down underneath it. Welp. Welp. <laughs> um, I want to... So I can't. Re- so I'm only like seeing boots. I'm not seeing like correct. In it. Yeah, you, the the sides of that jolly boat are high enough, and the what, whoever it is is sleeping in there and prone. You can't see who it is until you get closer to the ship. Is but there... based on the size of the boots, which are like a size twenty two, mm-hmm. this is not a small person. Oh, look at Johnny Largeman over here. All right. Um, <laughs> Is there, like, a plank or something I could grab and, like, maybe, like, row my way over? Yes. Cool. The rest of you see Paulton fish out a plank and start to row towards something in the fog. Uh, the ship at this point has sort of slowed and done exactly what DF wanted. Uh, I had called over Strix and Divalin. Yeah, they're there. During all that. So by the time they get over there, uh, Dieth will turn to them and just be like, uh, Strix, Evelyn, go over there. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, what? E- Captain? Uh, e- Evelyn, uh, do you think, do you think you could, uh, go over there and see if there's any, can you check the supplies? Maybe there's something useful. Do you think it'd be a good idea to get some? Aye, uh, aye, Captain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he'll turn to Strix and be like, uh, Strix, can you... Uh, and she's making his face the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Strix, uh, it would be helpful. It would really help me out if you could, uh, uh, maybe you could see, like, what happened <laughs> to the ship. Like, see if there's, like, magic or monsters or something. Do you think you could figure that out? <laughs> and she'll, like, adjust his little hat. <laughs> and just be like, I got it! And then she just uh, off into the air is like, pew! All right, so Evelyn, you fly out with your wings and Strix yeah. goes off on her broom. By which time, Paulton, you have rowed your way over to this thing and you see what is asleep in the boat is mm-hmm. a uh, wearing sort of a wrinkled uniform with shiny black boots, a hippopotamus man. Oh. He's, he would stand, if it, were he standing, he'd probably be about seven and a half, eight feet tall, but he's incredibly broad. And his uniform, if you'd call it that, is all sort of wrinkled from having been in the salt water and wet and everything, but it's mostly, it's a little, it looks a little bit damp, but dry, dry, it looks like it's drying out. And he is sleeping soundly. Uh, you can see that um, his hands are so big that they could pretty much just sort of cover your whole head. Um, and I, I'm assuming I've never seen anything like no. this before. And you can see on his uniform, he's got some medals pinned to it. Could I, could I do like a, a, a history, or I guess it would be, an, I don't know, a planar check, <laughs> I guess, to see if this thing isn't from here? <laughs> what would that be, History? Uh, that would be a, uh, make a... Arcana? Gosh. Make a, make an Arcana check. Okay, that's a, yeah. This is, qualifies as arcane. 24. Okay. 
And Paulton, you see <laughs> Strix go overhead on her broom, leaving a cloud of smoke behind her. Mm. She looks down upon the figure in the boat. Evelyn, you um, are over there as well, fluttering above crates and barrels. Sorry, you're muted, Anna. Do I see yeah. anything of interest? Uh, with You see the crates, the barrels. You don't know what's in them because they're sealed. I uh, pick one. Okay. That looks like uh, it might be interesting. Okay. And I assume I can't... Like, how heavy is it? Can I carry it? You've got a strength of 18, right? Yeah, but I'm but blind. But you you're right. You probably can't, but you could drag it back I'm just going to gonna push it through the water like a little motorboat. <laughs> All right. Yeah. When you get it close to the ship, they're able to basically line it in and haul it up. She's just uh, doing, like, little... Sorties. Uh, yeah, just... Yeah. Whatever that's, what is the boat called that pushes stuff? It's not a tugboat, it's a barge. She's a little yeah, barge. She's yeah. just pushing everything over. All right, yeah, so she pushes all the stuff that looks like it might have contents that could be valuable or whatever, which is basically like uh, five crates and three barrels worth of stuff. Uh, Strix, you believe that the creature in the boat is a GIF, G-I-F-F, mm. a mercenary uh, hippo folk who are uh, known to pop up in all kinds of crazy places. All right. So I definitely would have seen one in Sigil at some point. Probably, yes. Probably right. more than one there. Um, but Merchants or fighters, but, evil? But you've never seen one here in this oh. world. And you never really associated tremendously with them. Uh, but uh, you've heard that... They basically are, as true mercenaries, sort of in it for the money uh, and don't have any particular morals or ethos beyond that. So he could have been hired by someone. Potentially, yes. All right. Before I, like, wake him up, can I just, like, look up at Strix and be like... (laughs) It's weird. Uh, Well, first she's still scared of me, and she goes, ah! And then she goes... (laughs) Oh, it's a it's a gif. It's a they're, they they're hippo people. They're I've seen I'm them. Like, in Sh- ah! <laughs> <laughs> she just screams again. I would like to look to the hippo to see if he's woken up. Okay, a seagull lands on the hippo's head. Oh, is he still asleep? Yep. <laughs> I, I'm just like I just like point at him. I'm just like. <laughs> I can, uh, if I could, I would like to polymorph this hippo folk into something that we can carry back to the ship. <laughs> All right. Uh, do I, uh, I like to see her starting as well. I'm like, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do you want to try to polymorph it into? Uh, just, you know, maybe just because since it's on a ship and I don't really want it to get away, uh, I'll just say another baby chick. Okay. Oh, and the DC is? 16. Okay. Uh, the spell washes over him but does not seem to transform him, and he oh. wakes up. Ah! <laughs> I see him just like, hi. The seagull takes off, of course, when he s- tries to sit up, and he says, What is going on here? We, we've noticed that you were shipwrecked, and we are here to help, which is why we've already started taking your stuff onto the boat, because we are going to help. 
Aye. Ah, capital. Estimation. Capital. A rescue. Got it. Sure, yeah, sure. Whatever, man. Uh, do you, and to whom yeah. am I addressing, sir? Uh, to Paulton. Paulton Seppa. Nice to meet you. Um, all right, so... I, I got tricks! She yells from the... From the I'm Evelyn! There. Yeah, Ta-da! That's Captain Diaz! Yeah, look, he's got the hat and everything! Captain in training, Diaz, to be clear. Um, Splendid! Maybe one of your fine crew can throw me a line. Uh, why? Excuse me, uh, what is your name, mister? Gif? Commodore Warrington Munt. Oh, cool. sir, Commodore Warrington Munt, uh, what brings you to uh, Faerun, Toril, this world, this ocean, going to Waterdeep? My ship crashed here, but I survived. Well, However, where were you going? What? Where were you going? What was your destination? Your final destination. I am partially deaf. Perhaps you should come closer. I cannot hear all that you're trying to say. She looks at Paulton and she's like, repeat it to him, please. I seem to have misplaced my ear horn. Oh, God. It's like, wow, this is a conversation I really didn't want to have. Okay, cool. So, uh, And my blunderbuss. I don't know what that is. Um, Okay, let's go ahead and get you on the ship. Jolly good. Jolly good. Oh, God. Um, Let's get on with it, Pippin. Can I... Who? (laughs) Can I, like, uh, can I just dimension door him back? Uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He will accept your gracious offer. And when this hippo man appears on deck, Diath, you've seen one of these before in Shemeshka's palace. Oh, balls. As we dimension... No, I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> as we as as we like get on like Diaz, look a new friend and another mouth to feed that i'm totally psyched about uh this ship is impressively small i'm saying can, can strict zoom in again and get really close to his face absolutely and just be like why are you here he bellows at you We were on patrol, and our ship crashed. It is not here I want to be. What were you patrolling for? She gets even closer. (laughs) He, she, uh, yeah, um, he says, I am afraid that our mission is top secret. Madam, I cannot share details with you at this time. I hope you understand. Do not think me rude. Can I try and intimidate him? (laughs) Sure. We're trying to help this place and this world, and if you're not here to help it, then we can't really help you, and you don't have a ship or a crew or anything here, but there sure is a lot of us. Go ahead and make your check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 26. All right. What? Wow, that's impressive. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, forgive me, dear lady, I, I meant no offense, but you do understand military protocol, what, what? Military. No? Is this I'm, an invasion? <laughs> I want, I'm he gonna, says, uh, I'm gonna... that is an invasion of sorts, but not by us, madam. By who? Fear not. All will be set right, I just need to get back back to my fleet. Strix says, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Uh, Paulton's going to cut him and be like, um, 
sir, we really do need this information because we were sent by a party that we also cannot dispel, but we need to see if this is said same party. And I would like to try and persuade him that we might be working for the same people. Oh, sure. Oh, that's a nat 20. (laughs) He says, you'll have to talk a little louder, son. But, and when you do, he says, well, my fleet has been hired, charged, to ensure the safety of this world. That is what we do from threats beyond distant places, the far realm, what, what. I look to the rest of the party, I'm like, do with that what you will. Where were you going? He says, we were coursing through the tears of Saluna when our ship was struck, you see. Our helmsman knocked unconscious. Whereupon, without the wizard, our ship was caught in the gravitational pull of the planet and dropped here. I... I'm... Sorry, I'm trying to follow. <laughs> We're all just like the math lady gift. Like, <laughs> what, what's a gravitational pull? Ah, well, uh, that's a fine question. Uh, out of my area of expertise, I know one when I feel one. Did you say the far realm? Yes. Mind players, they- elithids, all that Nastiness. What about the hells? Not the hells, right? Or any of those? Mm, no. Well, at least we don't have to deal with those. <laughs> DS will uh, turn to the rest of the crew for a moment and just be like, question, do you guys know where we are right now? Does any of this sound familiar to any of you? Well, the tears of Salune are the glittering lights that you see sometimes in the night sky. Oh, uh, the stars. Yeah, DF knows. <laughs> he just wants to make sure... That's all that they know. There wasn't like a double meaning. It's like, oh, oh, the stars. Oh, okay, he's from the stars. Guys, he's from the stars. Okay. What? Okay. You can't okay. just be from the stars. No, Where is this ship headed? Uh, uh, water deep. Splendid. Do they have blunderbusses there? There's people that are blunderbusses. What? Ooh, do they, do they have <laughs> blunderbusses? I'm not sure. Paulson, you've been there for a while. How many times did you drink a blunderbuss? That's a drink, right? Is, is that a drink? <laughs> so, no. No. It's a, it's a, what do you call, firearms. Do they have firearms? Smoke, oh, firearms? smoke powder. Paulson's <laughs> like, no. Ah. You must be a wizard. Are you the helmsman of this vessel? Uh, no, oh. he uh, is. She points at Diaz. Ah, you're the wizard. Like, right as, like, Strix does the firearms, I, like, just, like, kind of push Simon behind me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Strix will remember that. Uh, the crew will tell him uh, that they're uh, about ten days out, and he's like, what? How? What? I cannot hear a word you're saying. He said, what did he say? He said we're about 10 days out. Ah, splendid. Well, I am absolutely famished. Whatever you have is good enough. I'll make myself as useful as possible. Don't mind me. 
I'll hand them like half a bottle of wine. It's like this is our this is our primary. He sort of he sort of ignores you, goes past you, and he's just staring down at the deck. and says, "My gods, this is the dirtiest deck I've ever seen. Who's in charge here?" Points at DF. Same. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, no. Riddell sort of steps in and says that they haven't had a chance to wash down the deck, and there's been some fish flopping around on it, but don't concern yourself with that. They'll take care of it. Yeah. And owlbear poop. And uh, you see Riddell tries to take lure the big uh, hippo man to some place where he can't damage anything. Wonderful. Hey, are we... We could do this, right? Are we able to take him on and still be okay on supplies and stuff? Was there anything in those crates that, that Evelyn found? If you want to finally sort of unpack the crates, you can see that uh, one of the crates contains a bunch of um, uh, pouches full of little iron balls. Another of the, the other four crates contain... Uh, one contains bottles of wine packed in sawdust. Oh, no. Oh, no. Evelyn tries to hide this from Paulton. <laughs> and the other three contain food that you've never, the likes of which you've never seen. Weird sort of alien mosses, strips of meat from unknown beasts, and whatnot. So you've got these weird ball-bearing things, you've got the okay. wine, and you've got three things of meat and other uh, non-perishable food. The barrels, you see um, two of them contain, one of them contains oil, one of them contains pitch, and one of them contains water. Oh, water. So we got water and food? Abundant this- food. Is this food? Strix, is this food? Uh, yeah, Strix will, or will rummage around in there and, and taste things. And Yeah, when you do, you're, you're treated to tastes that you've never experienced Ooh. before. I'd shove like four different pieces in yeah. my robe for later. And I'm like, it'll work. Oh, oh that, this is awesome. We'll, yeah. we'll be okay. Look, they, you, you guys did it. Someone's like, yeah, imagine, imagine how much more if we didn't have to feed a giant hippo person, too. Well, it technically is his stuff. I mean, we found it, so. Did you happen to see a floating hearing horn by chance? Mm-hmm. I feel like it could really help him. And us. Mostly us. I don't know. Strix is good at making things. Maybe she can make him one. All right. Strix will set off to maybe, like, using, like, fish bones or something or, like, <laughs> scrimshaw to, like, find some okay. way to, like... Maybe fish skin. Maybe she can make dry some fish skin mm. out in the sun and make a horn. Or sort of wrap it around a frame, a bone frame yeah. or something. Yeah, you could absolutely yeah. do that. Um, day 23, the horn is done. <laughs> a, Yay! Po- a pod of whales swims by the ship as you are coursing north by northwest toward Waterdeep. And they, they pass by uh, without any issue. And it's actually, it's one of the first clear sunny days that you've seen. But it's crisper and cooler now you seem to be traveling far enough north that you've left well left the tropical temperatures behind and it's becoming much much colder so when you're up on deck in the wind it's actually quite bracing and oh, i would Dave like puts his shirt back on i'd like df <laughs> while he's putting his shirt oh. back on to make a perception check okay <laughs> <laughs> just oh, oh. <laughs> uh, 17 okay 
what do you guys want to do, if anything, on day 23? You're about seven days out from arriving at Waterdeep, according to the crew members. Uh, we're just hanging out, right? Like, nothing in particular is going on. Right. At this point in time, Warrington Munt has uh, taken it upon himself to appoint himself first officer. And, oh, my God. Uh, you can see that uh, he is enforcing the captain's commands, making sure everything is ship-shape and <laughs> spick and span and all the business, all the rest of it. The crew is sort of half intimidated by the hippo man and half they find just hilarious. Um, so anytime Diaz like sheepishly says something, Warrington is like, you're the man! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, any chance Paulton gets, he, he like tries to sneak up on Hippo Man, just like, like examine him. Okay. Just like looking at him, just like, man, it's so weird. He so says, are you? Uh, he says, I am a gif. <laughs> <laughs> you're a what now? He says, I am a gif. Uh, I mean, that's pretty high praise for yourself, but all right then. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he says, you have magic. Uh Uh-huh. Can you press my uniform? If the money's right, buddy, I can press whatever you want. (laughs) I fear I have no currency upon me. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and he sort of uh, taps Strix at, at one point uh, and says, I beg your pardon, sweet lady, but my uniform is out of sorts and I have no means to press it. I was wondering if you could whip up a little spell and set things right. Yeah, I'll, I'll press digitation his uniform. All right, clean. when you do, it, it's just all beautiful, clean press. And he says, a thousand thank yous. This is fabulous. It, it's funny because she did that and she just looks like a mess. <laughs> like everything on her is just like disheveled. She's like, <laughs> you're yes. welcome. She Are you somehow impervious to your own magic? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like her hands on fire and she's like, maybe I am. <laughs> I think Evelyn has been looking for a chance, like when Dieth mm-hmm. is just hanging out, captaining or something, to go yeah. just spend some time with him. I imagine he's kind of like, you know, if he's the captain, he has all these official duties, so he's not just like hanging out as much. So she probably, if he's, does he steer the ship? Period. Yeah. Occasionally, yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's very much a case of uh, fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like kind of steering the whole, oh, catch yeah. it. Just like, uh, uh, she comes and, like, just, like, perches on the railing by where he's steering, and she's like, Hey, Captain. Uh, hey, Evelyn. How you doing? Uh, DF's still kind of holding the wheel. She's like, I'm, uh, uh, good. Look, I'm just looking ahead. Yeah, we haven't gotten to talk very much lately because you've been so busy with, you know, like, your new important job and everything. It's not, I'm not, I'm just trying, I'm just trying to help, but yeah, you're right, we haven't. You're doing a good job. I think you were kind of born to the whole leadership thing. Uh, Diet does not respond. Are we, are we okay? He'll look over at her uh, and just be like, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, 
We're fine, right? You're fine? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Things got really weird when we were leaving Port Nye and Zaru, and I, I don't know, I didn't feel good about how I acted. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean. I, I was, I was scared. Uh, I, I didn't want you to leave. I'm sorry I was rough about it. I don't know. I don't know. I probably shouldn't have left either way, but I shouldn't have been like I was about it. It's all right. It was a, it was a uh, distressing time for um, a lot of us. <laughs> and I, I, I could, I could see the, the I, I, I knew how you felt. I absolutely know how you felt. I mean, if. Do you? Because could you tell me? How you felt? I have no idea. You just, you wanted to help, right? You wanted well, to Well, on the one hand, I, I know, I always know what's right. I know people need help. I go help. That's my whole reason for existence. I knew that was what I was supposed to do. But then there's this other <laughs> side of me that I don't even recognize that's saying no. There's, there's more? I don't know. I'm so confused all the time lately. It's so... Well, you're right. You would want to help people. I've always wanted to help people, but I, that's why I understand why you were so torn, because I wanted to go back and help too and fix anything that I, I, that may have happened. I don't understand why you're so confused right now. Are you evil and what, what do you want? I mean, I know the answer to that question is all I want is to serve Lathander. And when he says that, by the way, help. Evelyn, you also suddenly remember Zares asking you the same question. Like in heaven, I remember? You don't remember the... Con- you just suddenly, as soon as he says those words, those exact same words, you have just this splinter of a memory, a flash of this woman, this old woman, saying the, asking you the exact same thing in a serene landscape you don't remember. I think that probably kind of like hits her in the gut. Like I think mm-hmm. she kind of, huh, you know. Yeah. And then she looks even more completely lost and kind of like shakes her head and she's like, ever since I came back, it's like there's two people in my head and one of them knows who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to want and then the other one keeps questioning it and won't shut up all the time. And I feel like there's something I should know or some, I don't know. And I know know what I was supposed to do, which is go back and I didn't because... (sighs) I don't know. I guess I'm not as strong as I was. Anyway, I'm sorry. I came to ask how you were. Evelyn, if I ever hear you ever say that you are not strong, I will punch you so hard. My hand will break. (laughs) Yeah, it will. how strong you are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how else to tell you this. You are the strongest person that I know. That's why I look to you. That's why I know that whenever things are rough, whenever I'm, whenever I don't know what to do, that's why I look to you. That's why, that's why you're here, isn't it? I mean, 
I don't know if that's maybe selfish thinking, but you're here to help guide us, to help guide me. I want to believe that I, that I want to believe that what Paulton said is true, which is that maybe I have a purpose I didn't understand that's more about this family than it is about helping every single person I come in contact with. But isn't it possible that I'm just looking for excuses? And isn't it possible that I'm strong till the second he says something that I can use as an excuse? Diaz will actually let go of the wheel for a moment and approach over to Evelyn and kind of get close to her. Uh, Now's your opportunity, Paulton. The wheel is undefended. (laughs) 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 Oh, you almost have Uh, Diaz would kind of walk up to her, like, hands on his hips, kind of looking down, uh, almost as if he's looking for an answer, and just, I can't tell you what to feel or what to want, but you know, you know it's not wrong to want things. I mean, you've, you've told me that before, and I haven't forgotten that, and I think it's, I think you should know it's okay to want things, too. Not well, what just what other people want, what, want, what people want you to do or what you feel you should do. Sometimes, what is it that you want? What does all this mean to you? And once you find that, take it and really hold on to it. It's something that I learned a long time ago. But what if what I want means I don't do my duty or people get hurt? Diaz lit out of a long sigh. <sighs> yeah. Sometimes people get hurt, even though you don't want them to. How do you figure all this stuff out? How uh, do you always know what to say? Diaz kind of starts backing up to get back to the wheel and grab holding it. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I don't. maybe it's okay just to not huh sometimes it's better to live without a plan (laughs) well what about you though i you didn't look so good back then are you feeling better now i'm fine ds uh ds looks over it uh we'll look over it's kind of like i have to be Dieth, you don't have to be anything. We're here for you just as much as you are for us. It's unfair not to let us be. Uh, Dieth looks down at the wheel uh, and looks back straight ahead and just like, I'm steering the ship. I'm getting us home. That's what I need to do. I feel like down in the ship you can hear just like, the food is combustible! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Strix, you, uh, you are rather taken with some of the, the dry meat that you've got out of the crate. Warrington tells you at one point that it is uh, basically space lampreys. Fun! Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they sometimes attach themselves to the, the hulls of ships. And so they're, they're pretty easy pickings, and they're so tasty. Paulton, uh, you're, yes. you're on deck... Simon was, okay, points yeah. to something. 
when you sort of track his finger, make a perception check. I'll give you advantage, because he's trying to point okay. it out to you. 19. He's pointing at a ship that is to stern. Not close, like out toward the horizon, um, but it okay. is on the same course as you. So, uh, uh, like right as, I'll say like right as uh, Evelyn and Diaz, mm-hmm. a conversation end, they just kind of hear, that was, that was lovely, guys. That was a good dialogue. I am, <laughs> there's just, oh, there's bonds. And there's, Are you just there's, always listening to everything all the time? <laughs> More or less. I'm in it for the character development, but that's the side of the point. Um, okay. we, got, we got other issues, though, and I'm going to point out. <laughs> just like, so, may, I don't know, maybe more friendos we can just invite. Who knows? Uh, how far away is this ship compared to ours? It's very in far knots. away. Okay. Um, in knots. To get, a, to get a good look at it, <laughs> you, you, need, know what a knot is? you need to see that's it through a spyglass. <laughs> You would need to see it through a spyglass. Okay. Uh, uh, Dieth will, like, find whatever crew member... Uh, whoever usually has the equivalent of a crow's nest, just be like... Yeah, there um, is no crow's nest on this ship. Right, right. Yeah. It's a smaller one, so I figured... You just get... Is, like, a you're just basically duty. on the stern, the high stern of the ship. Yeah, uh, so whatever that crew member's name is, he'll, he'll call out and be like, can you look at that? What is that? Yeah, um... Uh, Skylar will grab the spyglass. He's got the youngest eyes on the de- on the ship... Uh, when he looks, he says, it, it's, he tells you it's a sloop, which is the same kind of ship as yours, a very swift, uh, single-sail, squared-sail ship, and um, m- built for speed and to outrun pirates, mostly, but also used for cargo. And uh, he tells you it's flying two flags. One is the flag of the city of Zazaspur, which is a city on the Valen Peninsula, which oh. sort of explains why they're kind of coming from the same direction because you yeah. had to swing around the peninsula. The second flag is gold with a black-winged snake. Hard pass. Okay. Uh, at this point, uh, DS, cunning castaway, will say, uh, it's ahead of Forrest. Is it faster than us? Uh, Rudell takes a look uh, through the spyglass and says that if they're smart and they can, they can ride the current and catch the wind, they should be able to stay out of it. That ship is not inherently faster than the Brazen Pegasus, unless it's got some magic he doesn't know about. Well, it probably does. Ooh, foreshadowing. Well, well let's, maybe it doesn't, though. All right, uh, whatever we need to... Uh, we need to keep going past that. Don't let it catch us. We don't need to. We don't need to intervene with any of that. Just keep moving. You're worried about a ship that small. It's we no bigger than this one. Things. It's no bigger than this one. Warrington, it's not the ship itself, but those standing upon it. Do they have any weapons? Probably several. None that they'll be good for us and only used against us. We need to go. There is a shocking lack of weapons on this ship. Is what? He says, nevertheless, something must be done. Only if they catch us. <laughs> I, I look to him just like, you're right. Get your ass over there and show <laughs> us what you're made of. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can get rid of them. I beg your pardon. You got this. We believe in you. You're the strongest, most 
noble whatever. You you got this. We well, that is faith. obvious, but I'm not going to swim that distance. That is buffoonery of the highest magnitude, sir. Good words. Warrington, you seem to be pretty good about this and know exactly what they do. If you could look around, check the ship stores or whatever other supplies we have, if it seems like they're going to get close, maybe you can come up with a plan to fend them off. Excellent thinking, Ding Dong. I shall be downstairs. I'm going to write that down. You did not Pippin, why don't you come help me? Hmm? Oh, oh, I, ooh, I have a standing obligation. I've, uh, I've got some, uh, and then he, as he's, as Paul's talking, he just slowly turns invisible, and I just, Pippin's a ghost. He smumbles to himself as he descends down the stairs. You can see that he has a hard time getting down in the ship, but he does it because he likes the suggestion, and you can hear him get stuck at various points down below. Hard time just, like, by size? Just sheer his size and, and breadth. Uh, the staircase is not wide enough for him to navigate down easily. You can actually hear the sound of the stairs sort of creak deeply as he steps upon them with his big, giant hippo feet. <laughs> um, but he does sort of slam around down there for a while, complaining that there really are no weapons of any kind and saying that aboard his ship they had six cannons and the great bombard. <laughs> We have firearms. <laughs> she points to Strix. <laughs> ah! <laughs> My arms are on fire. Yes. Um, day 24, that ship has not gained measurably, but it is clearly following your same path. Oh. I like God just, damn it. I'm, at this point, I just like am used to it. I look off the back of the ship. I'm just like, hi. <laughs> so we're back. Yeah. Is it still about uh, the same amount of distance as when we first saw it? Pretty much, yes. Okay. And it looks like it's uh, just sort of keeping that distance. The waters have been kind of choppy, but not there's no, there's no, you, there are no storms in sight. Day 27. That ship is still pursuing at a distance. Um, you're about three days out, you project, from Waterdeep at this point. Uh, you're still way out into the sea, traveling on a north by northwest course, but you're close. In, you're just just close enough to kind of see the coast. Neat. What is uh, the? How far is this ship from us? It roughly? is many, many thousands of yards, over a mile away. Noted. Um, so the the second flight that he described, did it kind of? Uh, trigger a memory where it sounded like it might have been like a Zentirum flag or... Yes, it is. As you catch sight of the flag periodically, you can see it's definitely the sign of the Zentarum. Okay. Cool. Great. Can I explain to Hippoman that these are bad wizards? Ah, yes. I know the ilk. Uh, so bad wizards. Bad. Uh, do you have anything on you that can stop bad wizards? He says, Wizardry is not really a gift thing, you see. We have no aptitude for magic. That is why we rely on freelance majors and wizards to, com- to control our ships. Tell me something. I have not yet found a helm on here. Is this ship incapable of space travel? 
if you're talking about going up there, and she points to the sky, she goes, we're not going up there. Yes, I shall see. I have to see about procuring one in Waterdeep if this city is of a measure. Ooh, I don't think you're going to like it. What? You're going to love it. I'm going to like it? Excellent. Oh, oh yeah. Set, set the bar high. Get ready for, get ready for a great place. You're gonna, it's going to go swimmingly or spacingly. Question again. If you were being pursued in such a way, points to the ship, how, what would you do as a uh, experienced space-faring thing? <laughs> I would have someone go over there and conduct surveillance. A reconnaissance mission. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Smart. Space-faring, whatever. Uh, Halton, you're the best to do this. Excuse me? <laughs> 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 I mess everything up all the time. I'll go over there and set the ship on fire and everything will go terribly wrong and I'll get captured and Dieth will have an aneurysm and Evelyn will fall apart again. You Hold need on. to go over there and fix this. Pong goes, no problem. I'll just fly over there on my Manda. Oh, wait. <laughs> you need a dimension door. It's, you know way, can... it's way too far for dimension door. Oh. Dimension door will get in 500 you my feet. Room. <gasps> what? And you can fly on it while you're invisible. I don't know how to use that thing. It's just, it's just point and go. Can I do this? You'd have to attune to it. Takes like 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's only like 10 minutes. Yeah. So is it just like, is it 10 minutes of like learning to ride a bike? I'm just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you basically have to hold on to it for 10 minutes while the magic becomes part of you and so that you can command it to... um, do the things that Strix has been able to do. Evelyn, aside to Deeth, is like, has she ever let anyone ride her broom before? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Phrasing. Uh, Deeth, like, kind of looks over at Evelyn for a moment. It's like, how could you ask that? Oh, right. Deeth <laughs> uh, says, like, oh, uh, no, not, not ever. That's a big deal, right? I, I, think, I think so. You can almost hear like a twang of uh, of uh, envy or jealousy in Dieth's voice. So am I? Yeah. So you attuned. Yep. Okay. Asterix is like trying to trying to tell Paulton that she's sorry and that she trusts him. So she'll hold the, <laughs> she'll give her the broom and say, "I'm sorry that we all try to kill ourselves all the time, <laughs> and that's not smart." But it's because we all care very much about each other, and I'm sorry that I was a bad friend, and I care about all of you, and that's why I'm handing him my only precious treasure to go the, do this reconnaissance mission. Paulton's like hovering it, and he processes this. He's like, I'm still not totally over it, but this is pretty cool, so we're going in the right direction. He's like, all right. And he, so if I cast invisibility on myself, that the broom will be invisible too, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it will. Okay, cool. So I cast Invisibility, and Paul's just like, all right, ten points, Gryffindor, let's go. And take- <laughs> okay, there is a big ex- explosion of... <laughs> as black smoke surrounds you, and you launch off the back of the ship. Make an intelligence check, Paulton. Uh-oh. 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 Oh, 18. Okay, the magic about... 
15 feet after you take off into the air, the magic of the broom cuts out. <gasps> and you sort of fall like five feet, but then suddenly you kind of regain control over it again, and you don't hit the water. You stop short of that and continue to launch yourself forward. So just... Right, oh, shitty. <laughs> first crash, he's just like, oh, she planned this. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, it's actually kind of bad... It, it, the magic that went into making it, you think, was not entirely great. Uh, oh. And so it is hard to control. Um, it, it sort of veers to the left on its own. And you have to constantly kind of fight it to get it straightened out. And every time it backfires, there's this... Just <laughs> say, all right, well, this is, so, this is great. This well, is way so less fun than While you are invisible, the black smoke trail that you're leaving behind you is not... Just looks back. <laughs> I feel like they're you're just just talking to himself. So it's like I feel like there's like ten steps that we kind of we glossed over. All right, well here we are. Back on the deck, you see Simon just sort of standing on the stern, kind of looking out toward the smoke trail as it gets farther away. And he just does a three. Oh. He does a 180 degree turn to look at the rest of the crew, and just gives you this sort of sag-shouldered look, like he's been abandoned. Oh no! Holden <laughs> does like a slow mo turn. He's just like. He <laughs> <laughs> just keeps going. Just like watching him go out, and she's like, "Maybe I should have just polymorphed him into a seagull." <laughs> 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 that would be great. <laughs> but right. I wanted him to feel special. I do feel special. All right, Paulton, as you come toward the ship, you can see that it has what look to be like a dozen people on deck. Uh, there is a um, sort of a, a, a dark-skinned woman in gleaming gold armor who's at the wheel. And... Uh, the crew are all kind of dressed in black otherwise, black leathers with capes. And you can see the flag is clearly um, Zentarum, the Zazaspur city flag is also there. You note that the ship is called the Sea Serpent. And everybody on deck appears to be pretty well armed, um, but like your ship, it's not bearing any heavy armaments like ballistas or catapults or anything. And for the most part, everybody looks kind of like warriory or roguey. Uh, but they, they, they do see your smoke trail uh, whipping <clears> through <throat> the air. And I'd like you to make a perception check to see if you notice anything peculiar. We don't appreciate being described as roguey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a... Uh, it's like, oh, everything looks great here. That's a yeah. five. Okay, yeah. So you're counting crew... You're looking at uh, anything that may be troublesome. You see that the captain has something uh, that looks like a snake coiled around her wrist. Uh, she's got the wheel. Um, and uh, she's not the only one. There are actually what appear to be some flying snakes kind of flittering around the deck amid the crew. Uh, but they're all watching you. And, <laughs> wa- and then that's when crossbow bolt, or sorry, not crossbow bolt, arrows come flying up in your general direction. And they have disadvantage. Two arrows are launched up at you. All right, uh, one of them whips past you, doesn't even come close, really. The other one rolled a 22 on the attack roll. That's with the disadvantage. What the um, hold on. 
Uh, let me check. Yes, that hits. <laughs> Oops, wrong dice. No, that's the right dice. I'll roll again. Uh, so that will be... 22 points of damage as a cool. crossbow bolt pierces you. And I would like you to make a dexterity saving throw. Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. Come back, come back, come back. Uh, 21. All right. You are not knocked off the broom. You sort of, spi- you sort of do a spin on the broom, uh, a, a corkscrew in the can I, just be, can I just call out and be like, Whoa, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Sure. And maybe and just be like, what? It's it's like I'm I'm not I'm not your enemy. It's okay. I came to deliver a message. I would like to persuade them not to shoot me out of the air. <laughs> All right, make a charisma <laughs> persuasion check at disadvantage. <laughs> okay, that's good. So the first one is a twenty-five. Oh no, the second one's a fifteen. Okay. Uh. All right, uh, you can see, or you hear the captain uh, bark an order, and the, the creature that was shooting at you lowers his bow, and you can see he's got a big-ass bow, and that figure is a leather-clad half-orc um, who must be at least six and a half, seven feet tall, big, burly, gray-skinned, Tuscan humanoid, but he does lower his weapon on her command. Okay. Um, I'm just like, Okay. I guess I'm going to land now. Uh, here I come. I would like to land. Very gracefully land. <laughs> okay. Uh, since you've never done this before, I will just have you make a dexterity check. Uh, uh, away is also an option. 18. Okay, you no, land. Just leave and come back to the ship. Are you landing near the captain's wheel on the back of the ship, toward the front, or in the middle where most of the crew are? Do I have an idea of where would be the least threatening place to land? Probably near the captain, um, since it's really just her and the half-orc. Okay, I'm going to land and just like kind of land like... Okay, and you're not invisible anymore, right? No. Okay. Uh, when you land, uh, she will say to you, and you can see that she's wearing a turban, mm-hmm. and, uh, but uh, gold uh, chain armor over her apparel. And the thing she's got coiled around her, her forearm is a winged snake, a black-winged snake. And it's just sort of watching and hissing at you menacingly. And she says, You are not what I expected. I expected the other, the, the witch woman. Yeah, well, you know, life happens. You, you know, you start, you start studying other... She holds up her hand and says... My name is Captain Tashlin Yefira. What is yours, boy? Uh, they call me... Um, and he, like, looks around. He's like, uh... Paul-tin. Shit. Very good. And she says... What do you want of us? Well, okay. So before I actually like talk to her, what? So what is it that I like know about? Do I know anything about like the the, the flag and all that? Just to like, 
I mean, you know that the Zentarum is an organization uh, mm-hmm. that, that's spread throughout the world. You've had some encounters with them. It's possible they were trying to kill you and Evelyn back in Port Nianzaru. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise than that, they're, they've got business interests apart from assassinating people. Mm. It's like, we, uh, we couldn't have helped but take note that uh, we were on the same course. Indeed, we tried to keep a respectful distance. That is very respectful, and that's why we didn't want to make assumptions. We are on our way to Waterdeep to deliver a cargo. Hmm. Well, it's not my place to ask what the cargo is. Um, I was simply sent uh, by my very not threatening, not a problem, not in possession of anything of any interest whatsoever crew to just verify that we just happen to be going to the same place, and uh, we want no trouble. Of course. I wish you and your crew the safest voyages. Do I trust this? No. <laughs> okay. Paul is just like... <laughs> just like, so he's like... We're going to have some problems, aren't we? <laughs> she says, she just nods. And actually, so does the half-work at the same time. Mm. It's like, before everything, you know, goes to a shitstorm, is there a scenario where I get back to my ship without too much issue? They uh, look at each other and say, do you need help getting back to your ship? I don't think I've ever liked a question less. <laughs> like, I, I could fare my own. It's we, less about needing the help and more of the... Uh, we can deliver you back to your ship. Is that it what feels, you want? It feels like there's an asterisk after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the half orc sort of looks at the captain. Asteroids. <laughs> <laughs> and she just she just pats him on the chest. And uh, she says, "It is." customary for ships to respect each other's place on this sea. And I don't mean any trouble. You can leave if you like. We won't stop you. It is the only polite thing to do. Before I agree to this, seeing as how I feel like that's very much not how it would go down, are space hippos of any interest to you? (laughs) (laughs) She she looks at um, 
she gives you a befuddled look and says, I don't know what you're asking. Do so no, no, no on the space. Okay. We don't need any space hippos. Ah, well, neither do we. That's unfortunate. Okay. Well, it's been lovely. Um, it was a pleasure to meet you and your lovely crew. I'm going. Feel free to return at any time. Just looks around like... And, uh... <laughs> Be sure to tell your friends and fellow crew that they'll always be welcome aboard my ship. Well, that's very nice of you. You know, I... May you extend us the same courtesy if the time comes. You know what? People have their, their perceptions on you, but you know what? Bye, and I just want to try and fly away. Okay. <laughs> you leave in a big, big cloud of smoke that just sort of engulfs the captain and the half work for a second. And he then calls you fly that, sorry, up into the it's air. Not, it's not cancerous <laughs> or anything. It's just like. Masterfully done. All right, and you soar back to your friends. I land. I yeah, land. But, I'm like, okay. So. You, you just sort of land with this kind of slide across the deck and then expertly sort of pull the, the um, broom out from between your legs as you stop. Chris uh, is like, I'm gonna, how did I'm, he do it so good? <laughs> Neith immediately sees the bolt that was shot into Paul. Oh, yeah, there's that. And the first mm-hmm. thing he says is like, oh, my God, what happened? Are you okay? It's like, oh, yeah. Well, I, we got off on the wrong foot. Um, okay, so here's the thing. I met them. Uh, they were very lovely. Uh, they said we're welcome on their ship. They hope that we're welcome on theirs, and they mean us no disrespect. And there was a hell of a lot of nonverbal communication going on. I'm starting to think that this is probably going to be an issue. Oh, also, <laughs> they're also heading to Waterdeep to deliver cargo. I don't know what that means. Oh, no. Maybe maybe they're just nice. Maybe we're wrong. Well, I, hmm. Would you consider their posture threatening? <laughs> oh my god, I consider that hole that hole aura. He looks at like, he looks at the hole in his shoulder. Yeah. Like <laughs> All right. I give it a little bit. All right. All right. I, I also like hand the broom back. Yeah. Thank you. By the way, you, you still you still have the bolt that was shot into your arm and it's yeah, gotta be I, like this long. Oh jeez. Oh god. Oh. Uh, the Strix will will heal Paulton. Also, as like I'm handing the broom back as she takes yeah, it, I don't, I don't, I don't initially let go. There's like some resistance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about your mandolin. We'll get you something nicer. Just like <sighs> we're all taking care of each other, and I forgive you for hurting my feelings. I'm sorry I set everything on fire, and then she takes the broom away. Mm, oh, they're I making fun. <laughs> Uh, she, like, will... checks it to make sure it's still, like, intact. She's like, there's yeah. a scratch on it right here. <laughs> <laughs> that scratch will... was there. <laughs> that was there the whole time. I don't know what happened. Uh, DS will check with uh, both Warrington and the crew to see if there's any kind of way they can do to disrupt their pursuers. 
not not with like direct engagements, but uh, I don't think they had like depth charges or anything like that. But just like some, maybe they, something they can use to like kind of block their path a little bit, so they have to. I don't know. Uh, Rudell will tell you that Ortime knew some sly magic that often came in handy for thwarting uh, pirates, but she is, of course, not present. Uh, they don't really have anything on the open water. That all they can do is essentially continue on course. And since the other ship knows where we're going anyway, it's yeah. I just wanted to buy us some time so we don't both make port at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will try to just get as much out of the sails as they can. If uh, oh. uh, Rudell will say, if any of your spellcasters know like gusts of wind spells or anything like that, that may be of use. Death turns to Paulton Strix and Evelyn. Guys? Uh, I might be able to help, but it might be a little dangerous. <laughs> what? If I cast a fireball in the air behind the sails, the explosion will cause the sails to fill up with wind from the fire and we'll go faster. That sounds like science to me. Now, Strix, you know that while you can shape the fire around creatures, you're not so good at shaping it around ropes and rigging. Mm. It would be pretty far away. <laughs> this doesn't seem like a good idea. I'm just throwing things out there. So to speak. Paul's <laughs> just like, yeah, definitely. This ship needs more explosions for sure. I can't cast haste on a ship, can I? No, no. <laughs> Yeah, there's really not much the crew can do other than uh, maintain their course and uh, get as much out of the ship as they can. What do we know about port at Waterdeep? Mm. Like, we've all, a lot of us have spent a lot of time there. Funny you should ask. Day 30, you see it. Um, The Waterdeep sits uh, right on the coast. Its bay is enclosed by walls. Essentially, there's Waterdeep on the shore, sort of sloping down toward the water. And then there are some islands out in the harbor that the walls of the city extend out onto. They're built up onto these islands, creating a completely walled-in harbor, except for some gates through which ships can pass, these openings between the wall. And you know that in times of war, they can bring up giant chains out of the water to basically block those openings off. Uh, but they are open most of the time. And there are towers regularly spaced along the walls with, like, lighthouse fixtures on some of them. And um, so it's a highly defensible um, location uh, in times of war. The harbor itself has, is divided into the Great Harbor, which makes up most of the harbor, and what's called the Waterdeep's Naval Harbor, which is a smaller portioned-off section of the walled harbor. Um, The city itself uh, rises up onto high ground very quickly, and you see castles, towers, buildings, and other things. The most striking feature of Waterdeep, of course, is the mountain. Mount Waterdeep uh, rises from the the corner of the land, and there is, uh, on one of the spurs of the mountain, a great castle. Many spires, many flags atop it. It's by far the easiest thing to spot. I'm curious if we know, like, if someone, from what Paulton told us, we get the impression that maybe they're just going to follow us, and then once we get to Waterdeep, there might be trouble. Potentially. I'm assuming is kind of what we're understanding. So 
knowing that we spent a lot of time in Waterdeep, do we know that the the harbor might be a safe place, or are we going to have to like, uh, like, would they stand for that kind of shenanigans? No. You know what I mean? Waterdeep's laws are incredibly strict. Uh, violence in the open is almost sure to get you into serious, serious trouble. Waterdeep is well defended by uh, a city guard. It has, which is the army. They man the walls as well as uh, protect against external threats mostly. But they also have the city watch, which is a heavily garrisoned police force in the city, which strictly upholds the many laws that discourage any kinds of violence whatsoever. And on top of that, Waterdeep has the Griffin Cavalry, which is their aerial attack force of Griffin-riding knights, and they have the watchful order of magists and protectors, wizards of Waterdeep, who basically swoop in and help the army deal with any serious threats. So Waterdeep is extremely safe. Only a fool would engage in an open conflict in the city. Or it's harder. So look, if we, if we can stay safe on the open sea, which it seems like we can, we just get to water deep, we let the guards know there's some real suspicious characters following us, and then we'll be fine. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think they're foolish enough to actually attack us. <coughs> or do anything I mean, never us. mind that then they'll be lurking in the shadows the entire time we're in water deep, but... Okay. I don't know. As, the, as your vessel glides between the great walls into the harbor, you are struck by their immensity. You're also struck by the size of the harbor itself. You've seen it, of course, um, but probably not from this vantage point. A no, num- Strix is like staring. Like, yes. Never seen it from this angle. There is a, yeah. there is a forest as, of masts and a deluge of colored sails. As we kind of get closer, DS will actually kind of like call for Strix. Be like, Strix, come here, look. What? Uh... And as, as they, she, like, approaches up to him, uh, he'll just, like, look back towards where they're going. He's like, look, we're finally home. This isn't, this isn't home. What? There's no, this isn't home. Nowhere I've been is home. There's only, there's no, there's nowhere I've been that's home. But. The only place that feels like home is just wherever you are. And she just, like, looks back at the sails and looks out and just kind of. Just sh- shivers like a little bird. Uh, DF actually kind of just takes a moment. Uh, actually, doesn't really have like a good response for that, uh, and just kind of looks back at Waterdeep and actually like looks back at the wheel, looks back at Strix, back at Waterdeep, uh, and actually kind of like looks down at her hand, swallows to himself, and then just stays on the ship going forward. Paulton's gonna walk up, walk up to Dieth, put a hand on his shoulder, be like, "You're doing it, son." Strixus <laughs> <laughs> looks at Paulton as like, "What?" <laughs> you're, you're gonna destroy everything. If Evelyn overheard that, if Evelyn overheard that whole conversation, yeah. I think she's just fluttering off in the distance. Like, if the camera's watching them behind them, you see this blurred form of Evelyn just kicking in the air. Like, (laughs) 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 All right. That seems like a great place to stop. Um, So next session we'll pick up in Waterdeep. Our next session will not be next Tuesday because a bunch of us are flying down to L.A. (laughs) to prepare for this stream of many eyes where the Dice Camera Action will have not one, but two games We will be kicking off the event on next Friday, and we will be wrapping up the event 
on the Sunday that follows, so a week from this Sunday. So two DCA games at the big event in L.A. The first time that we will all be there together. In the flesh. That is correct. Yes, and, you know, maybe a special guest will show up and and drop in on the Waffle Crew hijinks. In addition, I also need to mention that after the Stream of Many Eyes, we will be off for... The, the week that follows, because most of us will be dead, tired after the event. Okay. Particularly Anna, who's hosting the I, my event. My heart skipped a beat when, when you, before you said tired. Yeah, dead tired. Uh, and, and don't, don't speak for me. I wanted to play. Uh, oh, well, Same. suffice to say, not, not all of us here at Wizards will be in any shape to, um, <laughs> to mount this exercise uh, immediately after then. So we will be off the 5th. The following week is the week of E3, and a number of us are tangled up in that. So we will also be off the 12th. So DS Camera Action for the future will be the two shows at the Stream of Many Eyes, and then two weeks off, and we'll be back uh, doing water DP things on 619. Yes, June 19th. Yes. That's so far away. I know, and we... It'll go by so fast. I would just like to say... Yeah, this is what That's qualifies true. as a that happy was a really cliffhanger. Good like to say. Yeah, this is a good one. I love it. We don't have enough of those. I'm thinking no. we need more of those. Oh, weird. <laughs> 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 All right. Any other announcements? I have one. Evelyn is going to be an Idol Champions yes. sometime this week. Yes. And you can see her below my face, and you can also see her from the GIFs and some art that I've gotten to tweet. And I have so much more, so watch my Twitter, at Anna Prosser, and hopefully some Instagram as well for those pieces of art. Today, I got to share my favorite one, which is Evelyn squeezing Strix as hard as she can. I love that one so much, and her tongue sticks out. Like, (laughs) Yes. Uh, and that was especially for Holly's birthday, too. So happy Yay. birthday to also Holly. Also happy birthday, Holly. Yay, yeah, happy birthday, friends. Holly. <laughs> yeah, so everybody, please send Holly happy birthday messages. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing y'all at the stream. And I feel like there was something else because I always forget something, but I think Idol Champions is all that matters. So there you go. Right. Uh, the season finale of Trapped in the Birdcage is this week. So on yes! Thursday, we will be having the season finale of Trap the Birdcage. Oh boy, it'll be fun. Um, expect surprise and intrigue and insanity. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, my D&D news is that Dark and Dicey has begun. We are two episodes in. Mm-hmm. It's usually on Mondays, but it won't be on for the following two Mondays because all the same reasons. But uh, yep. we're going to be at uh, Stream of Many Eyes. That's right. Uh, so... In between that, so I've, I'll have a game every day there. And then uh, my uh, non-D&D news is my new album, uh, Paid Exposure, comes out next week on yeah. Friday. And I'm very excited, and it's going to be great. I don't really have any of my own crazy announcements. I was then come watch the stream of many eyes and make sure you watch every day. Uh, there's lots of really cool things are happening during that. I also want to always shout out the Dice Camera Action subreddit for all kinds of really cool fan art. Lots of Evelyn and Mermaid fan art. That was great. Last <laughs> week. Lots of that. Yeah. Uh, fan art, uh, fan fiction, a lot of fan theories, which I always love reading because I feel like a lot of people pick up on things that I didn't think they ever would. Uh, so yeah. I'll spam that link. 
And then Spamming. also immediately after this show will be Waffle Talk over on the Power Score RPG Twitch, which also gets rehosted by the D&D Twitch uh, tomorrow sometime, I believe. Uh, Thursdays before Trapped in Thursdays. Birdcage. Thursdays yeah. before Trapped in Birdcage. So that's another good way you got to get caught up. So check out that too. Yes. Also right after this, I'm DMing Miss Clicks D&D Lost Mine. Yep. Uh, and we're in Cragmaw Castle. It's a, it's a blast. Excellent. Yep. That's going to be awesome. And we would be remiss if we didn't also wish a happy merry birthday to our queen of May's arcana, Satine Phoenix. Yes! Oh, it's so, yeah. it, Yes, it is. Oh, so, happy birthday, Satine. If you're out there, happy birthday, Satine. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see her at the Stream of Many Eyes as well. So, super cool. Lots of people going to be there. <sighs> stream of Many Eyes is going to be super cool. Come yep. watch. All right. I can't wait. Can it be tomorrow? <laughs> no, it can't be tomorrow, please. <laughs> Too many things to do. Too many things. All right. Not that attitude. Okay. Uh, we're out of here. Thanks, everybody. Uh, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you out there. Hashtag no stone unturned. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting. Happy hunting.